This is Waddle and Sylvie on WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. Chicago's home for sports. A good karma brand's radio station. Getting so hot, hot in here. So hot. So hot. Do you remind me of, like, who was it, the character from so hot. Succession? They were at the, uh, the know, bachelor party. Tom. Uh, Tom. Tom Wascom, that's a di- right? That's uh, a disgusting scene, too. It was, but it's That's funny a disgusting scene. I'm exhausted from listening to Mel in a good way. Mel had me excited because he's excited. Yes. Like, people said that, like, uh, uh, that he had me fired up or something yeah. like that because of things he said. I was just excited like to be talking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Listen, I and I like I'm enthusiastic about the kid he he's enthusiastic about. Zay Flowers, a Boston College kid, fabulous player. Fast too. Like he's you know, he's a four four kid and he was very productive despite them having consistent quarterback issues. My only concern with him is he's a football player. Like I, I have no doubt that he'll be a successful NFL player. He's like five ten and one seventy, one seventy five. Um which means you're kind of limited with what you can do at that size. How many guys in the league are that size that play 70 snaps a game? It's a, but he's a guy that I know that, that Poles has got as much info on him as anybody. Because Ryan Poles is a BC guy. Ryan yeah. Poles was back at BC this year. Uh, he obviously, Zay Flowers is one of the top four or five receivers in this year's draft. This guy definitely keep an eye on. Um, and a guy maybe that they, I, you know, he's... Depending on where where you're at, I don't know that he. I mean, I know Mel was really enthusiastic. You guys tell me, like, when was the last time a receiver that maybe his size is drafted that high? I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure. I do believe well, he'll what, get to the NFL. That, what's that high? How high? Well, Mel's got him. You know, said he he may have him as his first wide receiver. I can't imagine he's going to be drafted in the first fifteen or twenty picks. Um, but he's a guy that I would definitely keep an eye on. Listen, we're looking for wide receivers. If for whatever reason, what pick do we have here from Baltimore? Is it 54? Yeah, that, like that's that. what I think Tyler said. Something is like is that, that. What, what you told us in the pre-show, Tyler? I believe it was uh, 54. Yeah, I'll yeah. look again. But. Yeah, I don't see, the, depending on where they end up with a pick, I don't what, see them Mel taking say, a receiver. I thought Mel said he, he had him ranked 30 had him at 31. 31. Had him, oh, has him 31. at 31. But said that he may, before he may have him as his first pick. Um, we'll see. I mean, definitely got to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, pick 54 is where the Bears are yeah. in the second round. Yeah. So. Um, good football player, really good football like someone player. Someone in Twitch said, Sylvie all giddy, but uh, Kuiper wrong on almost every quarterback he analyzes every year. Scary that he thinks Fields is better than these quarterbacks coming out. Like, look, it's, well, he it, had Fields it, it, is the second best quarterback, as he told you in that draft, behind Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean, like, I think he had Trevor Lawrence rated correctly, right? He did. And, and right now with Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. <laughs> right. So, so, I mean, like, it's an inexact science. We get it. A lot of times, a quarterback is also a prisoner of the environment he finds himself in. What, what I was most giddy about, if I, if you, I, I don't know if I was giddy about anything, but what I was pleasantly surprised to hear was that it's, it's not a fantasy. Like, we get all these people calling in and saying, and I, I phrased it to Kuiper this way. I said, Mel, we get all these Bears fans calling, hey, how about we trade down with the Texans to number two, then we take the number two pick, and then we trade down with the Colts. And we do the double trade down there twice, and we end up at number four. 
And I said to Mel, I go, is that a fantasy to think that that could happen? He goes, no. He goes, that could happen. Fleece two teams, wow. So I, I thought that was that was interesting to hear the biggest draft analyst saying that that could be a realistic situation. I think it was also, I mean, Mel's not just an NFL draft analyst. Mel does a weekend show and follows all the sports on ESPN. Like, this is his specialty. But, like, he's not just focused on where these guys will be picked. He watches it all. I thought it was interesting, too, his evaluation of Chase Claypool. And that sounds like he's going to be significantly more patient with how this develops here in Chicago than maybe some of us that wanted to see instant gratification right away and weren't 100% thrilled with what we saw from this trade. Because obviously, we also all know that was a steep price to pay. It ends up being the 32nd pick in this year's draft for Chase Claypool. So the hope is, is Chase Claypool is everything that Mel just said to you. Right. Like he said also that in comparison with the receiving core that's out there in this year's draft, Chase Claypool at, at the 32nd pick is still probably better than what's out there. Like you said, uh, you've made the comparison before, or maybe Tyler did, about Christian Watson. There may not be a Christian Watson in this draft. At that, You know what I mean? Like, Remember, wasn't last year such was, a, a, was, rec- yeah. a receiving rich draft? Receiver rich draft? Last year was. Remember, yeah, they had Chris Olave yeah, and Garrett Wilson so, and so, others. Yeah. So last year, you can get a Christian Watson at that. Right, Christian Watson was what, number 33 or 34. Yeah, you could yeah. get him at that spot. If yeah. Christian Watson was probably available in this year's draft, he'd probably go much higher. Yeah, I agree with that. So yeah. so I thought that was, that was interesting. Like, I'm still concerned. I, like, I, I only can have patience for Chase Claypool, but there was nothing that I saw to lead me to be optimistic about what Chase Claypool is going to bring to the table. Look, it's fair. It's fair to be concerned. Like, I would go even deeper and get in the weeds with you and say a guy that's six foot four and 220 pounds and runs a 4-4-40 yard dash should show you on film whether it's separation, it's going up and high-pointing the football, it's overwhelming a cornerback. Like, even in an offense that struggled to throw the football for whatever reasons, you would think if you just focused on him and dialed in on him that you would see flashes where you're like, wow, he's, I mean, he, he, they've got dominant traits here. And I got to be honest with you, watching the small amount that I did of him in the Bears uniform, I'm, again, in a, in a past-challenged environment, I understand why people are a little bit concerned. So I'm hoping that his, his performance and level of play is enhanced by working with Justin and the rest of the offensive coaching staff in the offseason his comfort level and getting out there next year and being able to prove to all of us that this was a trade that was worth making. Uh, anything else uh, catch your ear, boys? Tyler, Meller, anything? Uh, there was a good 20-minute uh, conversation with Mal Kuyper Jr. on the Bears situation. I thought the, the Jalen Carter stuff in particular where he talks about the plays off, and he makes a good point. These college football games are so long, have so many plays in them now, um, that, okay, yeah, he's naturally going to take plays off just because there's so many more plays in a college game than you're going to see in an NFL game. So maybe that's less of a concern with Jalen Carter. And you Carter. can also rely, because that defense is so talented, despite, I think, five yeah. guys leaving the year before in the first round or whatever it was, the defense is so talented, he doesn't have to carry all of the burden of making every play. 
It's like, I mean, look, I, I think it's dangerous at times to say, hey, that guy takes too many plays off. You know who took a play off every now and again? Richard Dent. For good reason. Because if Rich saw the sweep going the other side, Rich knew that there were so many other talented defensive players on that field wearing Bears uniforms that Rich didn't have to go 150 miles an hour to chase down on the backside of a sweep play going the other direction. You know why? Because the following play was going to be third and eight. Rich was going to get your quarterback and plant his ass in the ground. So it's about being smart as much as it is about taking plays off. You know who else took plays off? Other side of the ball. Uh, I'm not sure. Notorious. Notorious for this. Later than Richard Dent. Meller, any idea who I'm talking about? Hall, the, another Hall of Famer. On the Bears? Notorious. No, no, not, no not, oh. not, not Bears. Other side of the ball. Notorious NFL player. Oh, Randy Moss. Randy, Randy Moss. Moss. Notorious. Yeah, I mean, there's a negative connotation that I think goes along with it just in a standard fashion that I think is just, it, it's, it's, it's lazy rhetoric at times is what it is, as opposed to actually understanding why a player would quote-unquote take a play off. So I yeah I'm glad that I think it was it's a great point from from Tyler that you know and it's stuff that we heard and it's good to hear from Mel that look you can also take a play off so to speak if you're on a dominant defense where other guys can carry a significant amount of the burden you asked about the, the look at uh, uh, comparing this year's draft with last year's draft I just went to last year's draft real quick the wide receiving group grew, uh, group from last year the first wide receiver. Taken was a kid from USC. Drake London went at 8. Then Garrett Wilson goes at 10. Chris Olave goes at 11. Jamison William goes at 12. Then you get Jahan Dotson, who went 16 to Washington. He was out of Penn State. Two picks later, you get Traylon Burks at number 18. That's what, five or six wide receivers already taken. So, like, when you compare this year's class with last year's class you would come to the conclusion that certainly yes. last year's class had more. His first wide receiver is at 31, you said, right? Is is, is Boston College, the kid from Boston College, no, the first one? No, his first receiver, I think, Ohio is... Ohio State? Yeah, is, uh, yeah. Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who, and then he's who got to play. Right. Correct. Justin it, Fields is actually thrown to him. Yeah, and then he's got career. the kid from TCU, I think, in the mid-20s okay. or at 20. Uh, and then I think you get it. So the one thing that stood out to me, my takeaway in listening to Mel, and there's lots of great info. We'll have it up on the podcast here shortly if you want to check out just the Mel Kuyper interview. But him telling us, listen, this is not a strong draft. That stands out because he's somebody who's studying every prospect, right? Like, we can watch the highlights and film of the top ten as Bears fans and kind of fall in love with guys. But when he's saying, listen, this is not a strong draft overall, my takeaway here is that, Ryan Poles needs to be judicious in how far down he really wants to go, right? Like, the more I, the more I look at this draft, like, he, he mentioned uh, Kalijah Cansey, right, of Pitt as a potential defensive tackle. Yurko was just, he's yeah. been talking up for weeks, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. All right, so, like, if, if, if you're, because if you're willing to drop below four, that's somebody who you think you have to be eyeing up if you're the Bears. I don't think... A wide receiver in the first round for the Bears is this year. I don't either. Going to be the yeah, spot. Like I don't you look at like someone like Marvin Harrison Jr., who's going to be in next year's draft, who looks like a franchise changing type of wide receiver. That's maybe where you want to say, okay, this is like to your point, Sylvie. You can make incremental uh, steps and be an eight win team next year, but it's in two years when you're going to have to make the big jump. So you got to fill in the holes that you have, which are everywhere 
outside of Justin Fields and fill those holes with the best possible players. I may uh, give yeah. up a pinky toe for Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, it's, it's, I'll it's give all, up mine, too. Would, would you, I mean, yeah. That's how Sylvie, much I think it hit. We throw a toe in for Marvin Harrison Jr.? Can I, can I wear it around my neck? Sure. Like as a reminder, like on a necklace? So the, like the sacrifice not, you made for like, the Bears? Yeah, yes. Like at least, uh, what what is it called? Uh, soak it in formaldehyde? Is that what? To, to, so if that's what rot? you'd like to do, yeah, I probably would. S- I, I don't want to throw my pinky toe away. I'm not, a, I'm not a serial killer, so I don't know what you do with the trinkets of uh, a loose. Yes, I would like to keep it, but like to remind me that I still have my pinky toe somewhere close. I don't know why you that's You keep a it thing. in a jar at home. I don't want it like just on a, like a nightstand. Why or something. do you want it hanging around your neck? It's like a pendant, <laughs> a little pendant. I'd rather have it on my nightstand than around my neck. Huh? Token yes. of your sacrifice. To show people, like, look, you want love the bears. You, you like so Marvin much. Harrison? This is what I gave up for Marvin Harrison Jr. Would you give up? Well, you would be reminded of that every night you go to bed as you look at your pinky toe in a jar. I'm not reminding me. I'm reminding everybody else just how big of a Bears fan you, I am. You think you really? You think you really forget you, you don't have a that, pinky toe? Yeah. You need a reminder. Right. That's true because you keep falling down. <laughs> Some people buy fake stock. Some people have pinky toes yes. in a jar. All yeah. those Packer fans right. with fake stock for $100. What's what's more fake, that or us giving up our toes for a player in the draft? Oh, the, the, the stock. Really? We're real fans. Yeah. We're giving up a pinky toe? It's not, there's nothing fake about that. And that's why in all real, real, in reality. Let's base this in reality. Let's get back to something. Why trading down and getting a possible high pick next year is important. You want all this draft capital this year, and, 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 and it's nice. Nothing wrong with that. No. But why getting a pick, a first-round pick for one, from one of these bad teams next year could be a good thing. Where if you all of a sudden now find yourself in the top three with one of these bad teams next year, then you're thrilled. And then if those two quarterbacks that he was talking about from USC and North Carolina go one, two, and then now all of a sudden you've, you're a three and you're taking Marvin Harrison Jr. number three, how happy are you that you made that trade a year ago? Very happy. That's why you got to look south. Like, what is it? 90 miles. I keep saying or however many miles it is south from here. They do things really weird. So let's try to capitalize on their football weirdness. Jeff Saturday's back in the building yeah, again for a second a, interview. Why do you need a second interview for him? He's been there for the last 10 weeks. And then had an interview. Right. You've already interviewed him. He's coached your team. Right. He's mismanaged the clock. He blew a 32-point lead. What, what was it? 32? 31? What was the lead against the Vikings? A bunch. Put on the film. You yeah. talk to him week, o- week over week. He rang the bell. What do they do before the game when he got the job and he backstabbed Frank Reich? And I love him, too. I oh, like yeah, Jeff Saturday. I, yeah. but, but that's what people were He's telling He's the author us. of your favorite get-up segment. Yeah, I love Pancakes. pancakes. Yeah. He's a great analyst. He's a great guy, too. But you, you've, been, you've spent time with him. What are you finding out in the I, second I, interview that I, you I, haven't found out from the last This is weeks? my point. This is why your focus should be laser focus on the Indianapolis Colts. Because they do stuff football weird. Did I did I read it? It's between him and Bienemy too. And hasn't I've heard like somebody the, suggest that hasn't but. the entire football world gone like? Um, ha, hasn't the thought process changed on Bienemy and what he brings to the table that they're not so high on him anymore? That's that that I think that was the common theme last year during the coaching search period of time. Yeah, 
Are so. they going to do, do you think they're doing the test, the bathroom test? No, no, I don't think that was a test. I don't know what it was, but I don't think that that's. He won't disappear to a bathroom today. I, what do you, but I still don't understand what is that. What is, I know there's sure football well, What else are you doing in the bathroom for an hour? If not a test, I don't know. it's the best explanation I've maybe, got. Maybe you fell asleep. That would make more sense than thinking really? thinking that you are putting this coaching candidate what you gonna do? through a process that is going to bear any fruit at all by going into his bathroom and sitting on his toilet for an hour. Uh, uh, or, yeah, because it makes so much sense. I'm going to doze off on the pot. I'm so tired. That would make more uh, sense. I, I, that I'm not in my house, and I'm going to just doze maybe off. Maybe he was on medication or something, or maybe he didn't have any sleep well, the night before. No, when you say he was on medication, I wonder if this is a constipation situation here, where Jim Irsay feels like he has to go so badly, but he's locked himself in the bathroom you and won't come out. If you're, you're constipated, then you've got to go do a home game. Well, if you're constipated and you're sitting on the toilet pushing and trying to get something to happen, Mm -hmm. you are going to have a horrible case of hemorrhoids. Yes. Turn yourself into Elvis. And then you just give up. You just go play for another day then. Well, I think it's a fair, yeah. I just don't, I don't, again, moral of the story is is they do some stuff that's really weird down there. Are we doing a test with Carmen later? Carmen's got his colonoscopy tomorrow. Yeah, he's going to call us We got to check in, first of all, with Carmen when he first, Tyler, remember this, text with Carmen. Because I don't know if we communicated this properly, and it's a core value of ESPN 1000, communication. I want to make sure that we, we get him on the phone when he first drinks the uh, potion. To, uh, the potion? What, what do you call it? The, uh, the stuff, Elixir? The, no. the stuff to make you poop. So then, and then I want to see how long it takes him. We to, call it loading the butt gun. Is, yes. it called, is it called a diuretic? We call it butt ammo. I don't know. Right? Does it have an actual name? Because I've never had one. So but ammo. Okay. And, and then we want to find out when he first gets on the toilet, how long it takes then. And he will, uh, it will like be like Dumb and Dumber. Yes. As it makes us laugh. Yeah. Jeff Daniels was, was doing what he was doing. The one thing is. If Car he, loading up the butt gun. Sorry. Can I, get, can I ask you guys a Bears question? Or we best do uh, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want you to interrupt do the butt Why gun. Why would you do that? I'm sorry. Right? I know he, he, hates, like, potty he hates potty humor. You're yes, right. But like, Go ahead, because I want to take these calls. I want it, so this is a situation, too, though. If they trade with the Texans, which you pointed out that Nelson uh, was not impossible, Sylvie, trade with the Texans, then trade with the Colts. If you're trading with the Texans, you're probably not getting an additional first-round pick for next year because it's only moving down one spot. Right. So if you're trading with the Texans... I do hope there's another trade coming because you're like you want another first round pick next year. Right. I'm with you. Yes. Maybe you get their second round pick. Maybe that's Texans. how you get to the front of the second round. I don't know. Yeah. There you go. Um, all right. Let's go to uh, James in New Lenox. What's up, James? Hey, guys. How you doing? We're good. I uh, just wanted to run some stuff past you to see, you know, what you'd rather have. Uh, you like. You guys just said you probably couldn't get two ones just moving down one spot. Uh, you probably could if you added this year's two. So say you move uh, your first and your second this year, you could probably either get Houston's number two pick and then the 12th pick, or you could probably get their second, you know, the number two pick and a first next year. It'd be one of the one or the other. Um, if you did either of those, which whatever you prefer, I guess, I'd prefer the one next year, but you move back to four, 
Uh, going from four to two, Indy's probably going to have to give you a, a one, two, and a three this year, or a one this year and a one next year. Yes. So if you did both those things, you'd be going into next year with three potential top 10 picks, um, you know, in the first. But if, you know, if the Bears feel like Mel does, that there's value kind of not in the middle of the first round, but like from, let's say, 10 to 19, um, and you could get a receiver and an offensive tackle there, uh, maybe once you get to four, you go all the way back to 16. I just got and you let Washington guys. or somebody jump. You let Washington jump up to four, and you're definitely getting a one for that jump next year from Washington. Let's whiteboard this thing, the, James. Yeah, let's whiteboard there, it. There's so many like options on the table. Sure. I just hope I just hope that there's no panic. I hope that there's no. Uh, I, I don't know. I well, mean, obviously, not, look, James. James, there better not be panic because he's got months. To work this stuff out, they they should be going over every scenario and being on the phone with these teams all the time, right? Um, one are I mean, like, there's not going to be first. You got to go through free. Isn't the first step the new league year starts in March? You go through free agency and the trades are going to happen. Mm-hmm. After that, the dust sort of settles. The combine has happened. You got to decide on your own guys right, too, right? And you find out what you got, and all the teams find out who. You find out the teams that didn't solve their quarterback issue via trade and via free agency. And then you attack the draft, yes? Yeah, and I then don't you think start hammering yeah. stuff out with, on the phones with all these other teams on the possibilities of trades. Didn't Mel even say this is going to be one of those years where things happen late, Last not early? Minute. Yeah. yeah so. But, I mean, I, I would hope that you go through every scenario of if we do this, then we can do that. If we do this, then we can do that and possibly well, do this. I would hope this is what they're doing up there. That's what I, I mean. I mean, well, you got time on your hands. Like, this is your, this is part of the job. Yes. And hopefully having a smart guy like Kevin Warren, who's not a, quote, football guy, but is a smart business guy, is at least lending his ear and expertise and is a sounding board to helping these guys like Cunningham and Poles run through all the scenarios. Yeah, the caller just made me dizzy. I think my head was about to pop off my shoulders. I don't know what the potential, I don't know what's a legitimate or realistic trade option or what isn't. I just know they've got a ton of assets and a ton of needs. And you're going to have to find a way in an intelligent fashion to match the two together efficiently. Or this ain't going to go the way that we are all hoping right. that it's going yeah, to go. And we need to. Yeah, we need to make sure it goes well. I mean, we're, we're counting on it. He's got to be really good. Listen, we're there's a reason why I polls. stood up and clapped for the number one overall selection. There's a reason why I Did stood up and clapped that they had, you know, the most cap space. Did you do a standing ovation in your house? I did not. No. I just clapped. I was just, just say, yeah. We were fired up. Yeah, I mean, there's a, I was fired up. Look, hey, what's the difference between winning five games and three games? The number one pick. Like, so if you're going to go through, watching Bears football was really difficult the last month or so of the, the season. Okay, you can but, choose certain things, but... You know, there was a there was amount of you know mental and emotional pain that was attached to that but as a you better pay off at the end. That's my point. Yes. Yes. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. We'll take more of your calls. Build me a team. Waddle's world is coming up. Florida or Ohio. If you missed the Kuiper interview, we'll play 
uh, at five. Um, there's no Will Bond today. I want to get into a lot of Bulls conversation. We have not done that in a while. We're two weeks out from the trade deadline. Um, I don't know what the hell's going on at the United Center, at the Advocate Center with AK. I don't know what's going on with Zach. I don't know what the possibilities are. That was a horrible loss last night. We'll do that at 4 o'clock. So if you want to talk Bulls with us, we've got a lot going on today. It's Waddle and Sylvie. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It's time to find out what's on Tom's mind. Is that why you are here? As we go inside Waddle's World. Come on in. There's no snow in here. We don't allow snow in here. That's for sure. Waddle's World's brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us, member FDIC. Uh, some football news for you. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was uh, says he's ready to go for the AFC title game, I believe. He was uh, practicing today. I believe Jeff Meller has a little sound on this, don't you, Jeffrey? Yes, yeah, so uh, Patty Mahomes was asked how the ankle is feeling. It's doing good, you know. I've had a few days of treatment, a few days of rehab. Uh, excited to get on the practice field and kind of test it out uh, and uh, see where I'm at, but uh, it's feeling good so far. You still laugh at his voice. I saw you chuckle over that. How do you know that's what I was laughing at? What were you laughing at then? I love Mahomes. I do too. He's one of my favorite players like in in decades. He's just a likable guy. Just like Joe Burrow. Likable guy. Just a, yeah. I like like Travis Kelsey. He's a bit of a goof, but he's fun. Oh, yeah. yeah, He has a good time. Just like George Kittle. Would it's you guys good. be disappointed to hear from Pat Mahomes a little more here? Oh, it's no. here. No, he wants to. Uh, he was asked, "So, how do you feel about being the underdog at home?" Yeah, I mean, every time I walk on that field, I don't. I don't think I'm an underdog, especially when I walk on Arrowheads Field. So, uh, I just go in with the same mindset of we're going to play our best football to win. Uh, we know we're playing a great football team that's beat us the last three times, um, and so we have to learn from our mistakes in the past and be better um, in order to to win against a great football team. Like it. I like it. He didn't give you that crappy old, you know, well, we're an underdog. Nobody believes in us. Like, that to me is the most hollow, painful to listen to refrain in all of sports. Yeah. Especially when teams are, I get it. You know, you use it as a motivating, you know, tool. That's what Lovey used to do all the time. Used it to perfection. I love you. Uh, Everyone picked you guys to go to 3-13 this year and win the division. And we're the favorites to represent uh, the NFC in the Super Bowl. Nobody believed in us. Nobody. Well, I mean, you did have Rex as your quarterback. I don't care. Everyone you, picked them no, to no, win I the know. division. It's why they picked Peyton Manning to win the Super Bowl, though. Well, that's true. So if you want to say, hey, you know, nobody believes we can win the Super Bowl because Peyton Manning is squaring off with Rex Grossman, that I can understand. Yeah. But the other stuff I don't get. Do you have any sound on Aaron? Oh, well, we'll do that later. Aaron Rodgers uh, is open to a lot of stuff. Well, I don't I like to play the with picture. the sound machine. Yeah, I like the picture. Did you see the picture of Aaron talking to his buddy today, the Pat yeah, McAfee show? Look, remember you, last week? it was This he just yeah. looks like a, a guy hammered in the woods of Green Bay, doesn't I think, he? Has Aaron Rodgers done a new T-shirt deal? 
Like, it looks like he's got these very tight-necked T-shirts these days. He looks he was like wearing he's... wearing a white T-shirt last week. It's not Now a... he's got the black T-shirt. But it's not a flattering look. It looks like, you know, he's not fit. That's what I mean. Only yeah. like they're too tight around the neck. Yeah. Well, I'm just glad he got his, his haircut. I, I approve of his new haircut. As I did not approve of his previous haircut. He just didn't think it looked good. You know, but like he didn't care what I care, but, you know, didn't you think his last haircut was kind of weird? Well, it looked like all he did was take a scissors and cut off the back. He didn't. Now I don't know what like he's he got doing. a real short There's no question style. what he had going on looked like it was done by him. It looked like he had done his own that's hairstyle. He, that's the way he likes it. He likes to do uh, it himself. Well, I, I get it, but, like, it didn't didn't look great. Look at me. Look at me. Did my own hair. Look at me. I throw the ball. Look at me. Well, you're really good at throwing the ball. Fixing your hair, not so much. Not you, but him. Look at me. I don't know what I'm going to do with my future anymore. Look at me. I'm on McAfee well, again. Do you, know, you, do you know what the three most important words that you keep saying are? Look at me. Yes. And that's, that's I think, what he the wants. the point of the whole thing. Yeah, that's what he wants. Bill O'Brien is going to be the Patriots' new offense coordinator. Oh, Returning so to New England, yes, to become the, uh, pay, I guess the whole sharing duties with uh, Joe Judge and with Matt Patricia didn't go as well as planned. So the, the, the whole sharing duties with a, a bad, well, I mean, Matt Patricia was a decent defensive coach, but he was a defensive coach and a special teams coach. That didn't go well. Imagine that. He actually had to hire an offensive guy. Imagine that. Uh, A.J. Brown says he isn't a diva, but he wants the damn ball. Okay. Give him the damn ball. You traded for him. They throw the ball to me 100 times and going to want it 101 times, Brown said. Me personally, I just feel like I could change the game in any moment. Getting the ball often keeps you going, keeps you in rhythm, definitely puts you in a zone. You're locked in. Of course, I want the ball. I thought he was hurt. Well, well, but but is he complaining after a 37 to what What was the final? 37 to 7? What was the final? 31 to 7. 31 to 7? Yeah. He's, he's complaining that he didn't get the ball much? Yes. That's interesting. They dominated them. Mm-hmm. Devontae Smith got the ball early. Who cares? You'll get the ball. That That's an interesting play. It's a bold play right there. Look at me. Look at me. Um, Did you see Zion Williamson is out again? Going to be out another Ooh. two weeks? Now what? He's, He's been, been out since January thing? 2nd with a right hamstring progressing with his rehabilitation, be reevaluated again in two weeks. He I think was... I looked at a stat, the number of games or the percentage of games he's missed since he's come, he's come into the league. He was playing so well, too, before the injury. All the 30-point games. Yeah. It's, I, I hate to see it. Do you think they would... an entertaining player. But would, they, like... would they trade Zion to the Bulls for... Uh, for Zach? You know, you get arrested for saying stupid things like that. Uh, we have a Chiefs practice injury report. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I was kidding, by the way, too. <laughs> no, he wasn't, people. No, he wasn't. He had a serious look on his face. Go ahead. Uh, the Chiefs say that the I'm only limited go. participant was Miko Hardman. So Patrick Mahomes, full participant in full practice participant. today. Okay, here's the deal. If you are the Kansas City Chiefs, first of all, 
all NFL teams are prone to thinking that they're protecting a, uh, national secrets, right? Mm-hmm. And after about 30 seconds on play one, you can come to a conclusion as the opponent whether or not they were telling you the truth or not, right? Like, so they want the Bengals to think that Patrick's full go. So now we, what we got to do is we got to make sure that we also de- defend for him being able to get outside the pocket and be a threat to run because a lot of what he does is off-schedule stuff that he's the best in the entire world at. So what they're trying to make the Bengals think is, oh, he, you, you better well, you better prepare for Patrick breaking contain and making plays with his feet. The reality is, is after one play, you'll be able to figure out how he's moving and what his gait is. And by that, I mean how he's you know, able to function with his legs. But they're trying to tell you right now they're playing a little hocus pocus with you. You think so? Yes. Isn't this? Do though, you think is, that he's a hundred percent? No, but he full. But at least what they're not doing is, ooh, he was limited or ooh, he didn't practice. Is there a chance that he may not start? At least they're basically telling you he's playing. It's well, a, yeah, it's a I would think uh, it's a Wednesday practice. Well, look, yes. you were talking. Saying after a week, could it stiffen up? Could 70% of him be not as good as... Well, well, that'll all be determined on Sunday, not on Wednesday. Right, but they're not... It doesn't look at least like they're playing games of whether he's starting or not. But it's not like the Bengals would all of a sudden start... Getting concerned about differently. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. we gotta go, we gotta go find that old Chad Henny tape and make sure yeah. we're ready. Like I, I get it, but it, like it, it, it. Do you know what I mean? There's I'm no just games. Gig- being- I, right, I'm just giggling at the thought that like, hey, anybody is you know got secret information on anybody else. He's going to be out there. He's going to be affected by it. The Bengals probably defensively aren't really taking what the the Chiefs say today or tomorrow seriously. They're going to prepare for him not to be as mobile, and their defensive game plans are going to be adjusted to that. I get it. If for whatever but, reason he's out there running around and looks like he's 100% and never had an injury, I think that the Bengals would be very surprised. I know, but what's the bigger gamesmanship move? Him listed, being listed as not participating or him being fully participating? Zach Taylor also said, Bengals will take reports on Mahomes' injury with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, like, that, this, this is, is what you I'm giggling do. at. Like, all NFL teams think that they're pulling one over on him. We're not going to tell you. Don't you remember the days, Zach? We're not going to tell you whether or not it's going to be Rex or Kyle. No, but they're telling you Mahomes is I good. Know. My they're... point is, is that the, the NFL teams, for some reason, they overvalue their secret telling ability. Yeah, I just don't get that. Uh, a little baseball news for you. If you are a White Sox fan, uh, the Twins have acquired outfielder Michael Taylor from the Royals. He's not good. He's a gold glove player, isn't he, Mellor? Isn't he a good defensive player? Like a fourth guy all the time. Listen, this, they, like, at least they're trying to make their baseball team better. Speedy defensive outfielder. Go, yeah. Who's the second baseman from the White Sox that I read that the or, or from the Royals that I read that is it Nikki uh Nikki Lopez? Nikki Lopez the Sox could be interested. Where did I read that today? I think was that Rosenthal? I think it was Kevin could be, Rosenthal. Yes. Pedro Grafal recruiting his old his guys. They're bringing all the Royals to Chicago. You gave you gave Leary 400 million dollars. You're not going to not play him, right? Well, he's a utility guy. The Royals did trade Alberto Mondesi yesterday. He's a better player than Michael Taylor. Good times. Michael Taylor's been around the block. He has.
Uh, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes, all finalists for the Associated Press 2022 NFL MVP and Offensive Player of the Year awards. Give it to me again. Who are they? Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, and Patrick Mahomes are finalists for the AP's 2022 NFL MVP and Offensive Player of the Year award. Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen and Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow also finalists for the MVP award. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year finalists are Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, Micah Parsons. Comeback Player of the Year, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Geno Smith. I think Geno Smith gets that done. Yeah. Coach of the Year. Do you know who the finalists are? Coach of the Year. Let's see. Uh, It should definitely be Brian Dable. It should be Pete Carroll. No. How could Pete Carroll not be Coach of the Year? Pete Carroll's done the best coach. I would give the award to Pete Carroll. Wow. There's only three finalists, right? Yeah, there's only three finalists. Pete Carroll had a team that many people thought would be the worst team in the league, and he took Geno Smith, and he went to the postseason. Nick Uh, Sirianni? Is he one of them? Nope. Hmm. Brian Dayball, Doug Peterson, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I mean, with, with, with the backup quarterbacks and with Trey Lance getting thrown off and then bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo and now doing this with Purdy. But I I I really don't like that, that Pete Carroll should... Pete Carroll should be... Don't you agree? I think... Uh, what were they projected to win? Four games? Yeah, they were projected to be bad. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who was a bit? Well, I mean, I would say that I think the Giants were his. Peterson's the one guy who, if I had to take out and put yeah, Carroll in, I would take Peterson. I'd probably out. so, because I think Brian Dable belongs in there. Yeah. Yeah. Seahawks over under at the beginning of the year was five and a half. And they won. What was the Giants? They won nine. What was the Giants? Giants probably won a whole lot more, was it? You know, Dan Campbell, I know they didn't make it. Uh, Dan yeah. Campbell yes. is always. Uh, Giants was seven. Okay, because everyone... Well, and they didn't... What, they went nine? I mean, they only won two more than expected? Yeah, they won nine. I'm with Meller. I think if I kick a guy out of that list, and I think Peterson did a fantastic job, but, it's, you know, look, I think that... I think probably also the P. Carroll, unfortunately, they look at he's been there forever. He's... I, I think that... They traded a Hall of Fame-type quarterback. And they still went and, to the postseason. And they took a journeyman quarterback who was always viewed as a bust... And they were better. It's a good point. On a rebuilding roster. And you just heard that Brian Dable's team was still projected to win seven. Yeah. They won nine. This is a regular season award. What about uh, Kevin O'Connell? Yeah, I mean, like, that, uh, Scott, we all, thought, we all uh, thought they were frauds. Viking Scott would, would tell you. He told, called in and he said that. But uh, I mean, they were 13-4 and four with, with a, a point differential negative in the negative. It's true. Is did is what Pete Carroll did more impressive? And I get it. Kyle Shanahan's got a better overall team, but it, it, no, no. I, I really, I'm with you that yeah. it's not appreciated what Shanahan does. Yeah. And, and again, with a rookie quarterback who was drafted last in 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 the NFL draft, right? And he had to act like no. Again, get him up to speed it, in the middle of the him year and. Uh, a, a very good running back. I sure. get it. Oh yeah, he's a lot still, of talent. Like, but but the, he still traded for somebody who wasn't familiar with what they do. No, I'm with you. I I agree with you though. I think Pete Carroll not being on the list. I think that's a name that if you told me like Meller said that Doug Peterson was removed and Pete Carroll was placed on it, I would. That's I'd who I would give good. the award yeah. to is Pete Carroll. 
not on the list. That's who I yeah. I would personally give the award to. It's interesting. Interesting. Hey, you know what else is interesting? Uh, Florida or Ohio. We'll yeah, come back. Okay. We got a little nonsense for you. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. Florida or Ohio, brought to you by our great friends and partners at 19 Crimes Wine. I want everyone to try this, by the way. I need a full bottle of this. Usually Waddle holds it up. Got it for the like Twitch uh, crowd. You've yeah. got the uh, Cali Gold over there. Shake that up and uh, spray the room. Excuse me? Huh? What? Uh, here's the Cali Red, which I drank. I drank a whole bottle of this last, last Thursday. 19 Crimes Wine tells the story of rule breakers who beat the odds and became infamous. Do you pretend like you're Snoop after you've had a bottle? I, I pretend I'm Snoop actually every day of life. Do you really? Especially after I have a bottle, though. Uh, pick up a bottle today and live infamously on your own terms. He's one of the coolest guys around. He is. is he I not? just would be thrilled to see you walk around your house trying to pretend you're Snoop Dogg. One of the coolest. After drinking a bottle. One of the coolest concerts I've ever seen. And shout out to our buddy Tommy DeSanto, who is a frequent listener to the show, co owner of uh, Joe's on Weed Street yes. at Warm 2. Um, I saw, I got an invitation one day when Snoop performed at Joe's on Weed Ooh, years really? ago with Nick Friedel. Nice, and uh, it was it was pretty cool to see Snoop perform in a small venue like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I'd what do you got? What do you got thing. for us? Tyler? All right. Woman claims that a crack pipe protruding from her vagina during a strip search was a sex toy. <laughs> now you've outdone yourself. Well, I mean, listen, the only, it's a great story, but there's only one place where this happens, and that's Tampa. According to court documents, Carmela Maines was arrested after failing to appear in court to face shoplifting allegations. As the arrest affidavit says, uh, she was being processed at the jail, and a body scan discovered an anomaly in her vaginal region. Oh, wow. During a strip search of the suspect, what authorities discovered a glass crack pipe oh. protruding from the defendant's vagina, according to officers' notes. There's a joke there, but I'm not going to touch it. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Uh, the affidavit states that Maines then took the contraband from her body and intentionally threw it on the ground and stepped on it in an effort to destroy the evidence. I'm going Miami. I think that's uh, your your cocaine home, right? So I'll go Florida as well, but I'll go uh, further south. You're gonna okay? You're gonna go on the other side of the state. You're on the East Coast. I'm gonna stay on the West Coast and a little further south. Yeah, okay. I'll go ahead and call it uh, Citrus Park, Florida, a suburb of Tampa. Oh, okay. okay. It took place in Clearwater, Florida. Oh, you, you guys yeah. were both in the it's area. Same neighborhood. You two were right yeah. there. Yeah. I win for all That's of good us, one. though. That's a good one. It's a good that, story that, there. There you go, Nobody Tyler. got hurt. Right? Nobody than, got hurt. That, that's better than an arson story. Or, oh, there's uh, a good one of those, too. <laughs> yeah. That I, I opted not to go with. That's, that's, that's a good one, though. Try smoking that, Tyler. Ouch. Speaking no of thanks. that, we're gonna uh, we gotta we gotta check in with Carmen the next hour, don't yeah, we? Yeah, we do. He's got the colonoscopy scheduled for yeah. tomorrow. Loading up the butt gun as we speak. Is he? Now I want to talk to him as he as he. He's drinking as the he uh, solution. The potion. Yeah. Yes. Oh shit.
Uh, all right. If you want to weigh in on the, we still uh, are having people react to the Kuiper interview. If you missed it, talking Bears draft will be replayed for you at five. I want to hear from Bulls fans. What are they going to do? Okay. I, if you have thoughts on what they should do, that's fine too. But I want to know, like, does anyone think they know what AK is going to do? Because that's more important than think, thinking what we all think they should do. What is he thinking as he watches this team? What's he doing over well, there? What's he doing? Where the hell is he even? Is he watching in, in the Advocate Center? And does he still think continuity is the thing? Oh, if only Lonzo was there. If only Lonzo wasn't hurt. Is he doing the same thing that John Paxson would do? Oh, if only Derek wasn't hurt. Is he doing that now? He, are they basically Gar and Pax? Just a different two names. Like, they would be, like, honestly, think about this. If these two were Gar and Pax, Bulls fans would be foaming at the mouth going after these two. Yep. What they have done to this Bulls team. 312-332-3776.